Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 24 of Casual Watch Talk. We're nearly at the 25 episode mark. <laughs> How have you been this week, Chris? All right. Celebrating. Uh pretty good. Pretty yeah, good, it's Sam. been a it's been a weird old week. I, I think I've really been obsessed with a lot of watches at the moment, especially this week, but I think we'll we'll start off with what's been your watch obsession this week? As we always like to start these shows with watch obsessions, I should have prefaced that by saying Watch Obsession this week, uh, mentioned it in the Facebook group. Uh, you had mentioned last week, or maybe the week before, we were talking about Olek and Vice, uh, O&W. And I just, I was on eBay, of course, and, and I, was, I was taking a look, and I was, you know, it's, it's not, it's more obscure brand. And I found this company selling uh, this Wilson Watchworks that was selling this uh, 90s refurbished Olek and Vice, this MP Army watch, just fantastic. I mean, like, I what was it five hundred dollars? I think they wanted it was it was super affordable, mechanical. It had heritage. It's vintage, uh, tritium T Swiss T dial. Uh, it's got the military red uh, on it. Man. That went in the cart for sure, and I was close. I couldn't work when you sent me that site. It was super interesting. Do they, do they fix these watches up? I think they re- they. I noticed they bead blasted some marathon cases and stuff. Yeah, I, f- I feel like so. I looked at a couple of the other ones. Um, there's definitely one that they listed as new old stock. So I think um, in that case they they had they had got a hold of a dial. Uh, it, okay, so let me let me also say. Uh, Steven over in our uh, casual watch talk group on Facebook, uh, head over there if you're not joined already. Um, he mentioned uh, that he knew uh, about Wilson Watch Works and had had purchased something from them, and you know said that they were you know nice reputable company. I did some more digging. It looks like uh, they in fact used to be the distributor for O and W, and so I think that's how they had some of the equipment or, or some of the parts and pieces and so i think that's what they're doing is is like a new old stock or they're refurbishing or they'll replace you know dial in hands etc and and they seem to be pretty uh transparent about it in in their descriptions yeah that's something that you don't all i've certainly never seen with watches before but it's something you see all the time with cars isn't it where they build old cars out of old stock parts yeah yeah where they're <laughs> i know they certainly do that with the original minis yeah um sometimes i'll I'll see um i'll see it with the omega when i when i was fixated on the uh the 300s they've got a bunch of new old stock stuff floating around for those uh but yeah speaking of cars like i mean some of that you know some of those uh you know some of the folks that uh that do restorations i mean they'll find you know they'll pull a a Porsche 356 out of the North Sea, figure out what the serial number was, and uh, you know, and sort of just rebuild everything from from the Bilstein struts on. So it's uh, it's interesting. You definitely see that more than in cars than watches. But so shall I, shall I go with mine now? And this might this might be a bit of a journey for you because this it, 
I've had I've had a week with watches, put it that way. <laughs> so first off, the, uh, honestly, it's been probably the most dramatic week in my watch collecting career going. So first off, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about. Do you remember I mentioned that Yemma that I ordered the yes. Superman version? Right. Okay. So it didn't ship. I posted on Facebook. Um, it didn't ship for ages. It said five day shipping. So I was thinking, oh, that's great. It's going to come in five days. And then five days went and I emailed them and said, hey, just check in. I didn't get a, a send receipt or whatever. Mm-hmm. that It was on its way. I didn't get a tracking number. And they said, oh, well, it's five days when we ship it. I think I talked about this on one of the past podcasts where I was like, oh, it's it says five days shipping. But anyway, I was like, cool. It's like we build the watches. So then like another couple of days went past and emailed again saying, hey, just wondering like where that watch is up to. Because now it had yeah. been over two weeks oh hey um yeah just let me get back to you and then and then i email them again say look can i just cancel this because obviously there's something going on and i kind of lost confidence a little bit yeah and then they were like no you can't cancel it i was like okay so i waited a couple of days and then i emailed them again last week wait uh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry they just they just said no we'll we'll pass on your canceling well, that wasn't, this was only okay. halfway through the saga. Then, okay. Yeah, I know. Already, I'm already, all right, continue. So then I emailed them again, said, hey, just checking up. This is, this was probably two and a half weeks gone now. Where's the watch? And said, oh, it'll be out on Monday. So that would have been, I ordered it on a Monday and that would have been three weeks had passed by then. A so, yeah, a solid like, well, three weeks. Yeah. Just can you just please give me a, a refund? Because I worked out that I hadn't ordered it on the pre-order. I think they won't cancel a pre-order but i'd worked out and i said hey so anyway so it ended up being a bit of a saga they agreed to it and then their head of then their head of uh, media relations reached out to me because they must have seen the email address or whatever and also <laughs> uh, in the past i'd offered to reef she's like hey um why don't i uh why don't we send you some watches to review and i'm like yeah that's cool but i want you know i still want the refund Okay. And then she emailed me back, and um, the lady emailed me back, and she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we refund? Send you some watches for review, and then we'll refund you fifteen percent of the watch purchase." And I was like, "No, like you yeah. refund me that I don't want the watch anymore." Right. I'm like, I'll still review. I'll still review the ones you want to send me. Oof. You know, they they were just press right. ones. Right. But I left a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth. I still not received the refund, even though they have agreed now on email and. Yeah, the weird yeah, and the weird backpedal and and for and also uh, like in you know people think that you know oh you, Sam someday I want to become a uh, YouTube watch reviewer <laughs> so uh, let me tell you how that this is a great this is sort of a great backstory of like that's complicating this right because now you've got this media person who's backpedaling it and then you you know obviously she probably realizes that you're having a, a bad time of it. And then, but it's like, this is not your fault. This is the company's, like, it, it frustrates me sometimes when when the company has a mode of operation and the warehouse isn't told about it and the marketing team isn't told about it. And then, you know, you get there to pick something up and they're like, oh no, we're not doing that. And you're like, okay, but if you go on your website, it's like free returns, everything's fine. Like we're, we're here to help you frictionless payment yeah i agree with you and it, it it's almost the logistics issues that they're having if you look on reddit it's almost definitely to do with i mean it must it's to do with covid19 no problem and honestly i totally sympathize with them yeah, yeah. what i can't abide by is that they didn't 
keep me informed. I was constantly chasing. It wasn't like they sent an email saying, hi, everyone, just to let you know, right. we're struggling a little bit with our logistics and so yeah. on. Totally yeah. get it. Right. But it, just, it wasn't Just let that. us it know. Was... Just keep us informed. Yeah. Absolutely. And do you think you'll get... Do you think you'll get your full? Will will you get your full refund back now? Are they saying like you're gonna have a restocking fee or something? No, no they, uh, apparently I'm getting the full refund okay. backs. But I'll I'll keep you posted on here. Okay. So that was wow. like the start of this week was the refund, and then then in other news, which I'm sure we can talk about how I did this on another part of the channel, but I ended up selling my Tudor Black Bay 58. Oh no. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. You is like week three that you were talked about us. Uh he's Sam, you secretly listed it and didn't, didn't tell me. I feel I'm hurt now. I'm hurt. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but I did. This Oh man. I right. I, I realized that I am a weird watch collector. I gave my reasons for selling my Omega and people were like, yeah, that's weird. But I, I can only be true to myself. I Yeah, that's I, true. I, it's a great watch. This is not a not besmirching Tudor's good name. Mm-hmm. It was a great watch. Right. But like I said to you jokingly, mm-hmm. um, I think it might have been when we were just not on the podcast, but was where I was like, I like this. I don't know whether I like this because it says more about what a sophisticated watch collector i am instead of do i actually like it right yeah you had mentioned that yeah i'm like oh i'm, I'm yeah well uh, you know tudor obviously tudor is the best bang for buck in, yeah. in the luxury watch God. game i think yeah but I, I was again afraid of scratching it like i was with, uh, the, with a flipping no, omega no yeah i no, i see your point like I, yeah there are definitely yeah there are definitely watches in my collection that are there and will stay there because because no no one knows like no you know what i mean like you get that one i'll make an example that isn't in my watch collection but like if you're walking around with a bronze oris if you're walking around with one of those that's like a signal that's a signal to your your flock that like yeah i'm I'm a watch guy like you know what i mean like there's i just i can't i can't see in a regular setting where you would just run into one of those and same thing with the and probably more so with the, I mean, probably more so with the Tudor. It's it's kind of like Rolex in the way that there's so many sold that people buy them and they're like, it's my watch, and and you you know, and you see someone on the subway or the mass transit, and you're like, oh, you've got the Tudor 58, it's amazing, and it's like, uh, yeah, I got it for graduation, whatever. I don't, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? It's it's like you expect to be asked about your watches and obviously we do when we go to a, a watch event but if you think about certainly in my life the only time i get into watch conversations is probably where i've instigated them <laughs> yeah or like i will wear i will wear stuff in the summertime on crazy orange straps just to be like you know and that's like uh i wore my uh seiko mod on an orange strap to disneyland and that was like the only time where someone was like hey cool watch you know and i was like yay but uh but yeah it's like a signal you know this this we're kind of holding on to like oh i'm a sophisticated i'm a sophisticated watch collector you know so i'm, I'm up and down on the the scale of watch collecting but i really do think that the sub thousand dollar mark is a really good price range for for like for a three-hander watch, mm-hmm. a mechanical, what more are you getting for, the, you know, from a $1,000 watch to a three or four or $5,000 watch? You, you don't, you're not getting any, you're getting improvement in materials, but there's no like 
technical improvement, really. I, I don't know what right. I'm trying to say here, but... No, no. no. You're, it, yeah. It's negligible. Obviously, those tiny differences amount to a lot. Gold hands and the polished indices, when you put them all together, but... Yeah. I, I don't really... I, I just think that $1,000, sub-$1,000-ish mark for a, for a three-hander is like my sweet spot it doesn't right. have to be anybody else's right i mean right. i know you've got some really nice mm-hmm. chronographs and stuff mm-hmm. like that which you would expect to pay more for yeah but i but i also i also yeah but i also certainly i think it i think it comes down to and we've talked about this before where you know i think both of us tend to be a value watch buyer and that i think keeps us grounded in that like a thousand dollar you know range because once you're right like once you get up into five three five seven like what's your this? i was uh i was looking at the prices of iwc and like an iwc three-hander i mean i'm it's it's gore you know the dial's great it's gorgeous it's 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 well made it's great but like that's really hard to justify an extra three thousand dollars we've talked about this about you know uh the marketing where it's like you can only there's only so much they can do where they're saying oh well it's in-house movement and you're like yeah but it's all you guys are just you know you're making it from the same like at the, the end of the day like i totally get it if we're talking about the difference between an 80 dollar watch and a 500 dollar watch okay cost certified in-house movement okay yeah that there's a big difference between a watch that's getting pressed you know the movement's getting stamped out versus something that is machined and touched by a watchmaker absolutely but yeah i i tend to agree with you like once you get into the get into the seven five seven thousand dollar it's it's really hard to sort of justify that you're right there i've never used that term for myself but i think i am a volume watch buyer where i love the aesthetics of the watches so i'm I know there's collectors that really are enthralled, you know, especially engineers that are just enthralled by the complexity of the movements and all the different materials. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's similar, you know, in your other hobby with cars. Like, I aesthetically like cars. I don't really, and I like the way they drive, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't care that much about knowing the details about the engine, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my Mini because of the way it looks, not because I'm enthralled with right. how the the engine works, really. Yeah. I don't know if that's a bad analogy, but I'm the same with the watch movements. I, As long as it works, keeps good time. To me, the aesthetics of the movement itself, because I will never find as good-looking movement than was in my room-plated right. Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, for me, anyway, but... Um, so aesthetically, I mean, and I did like the Tudor aesthetically, but the other thing as well is with everything that's going on at the moment, it was the same with the Speedmaster. I was like, is, is this just, is this just hanging out? Could this be cash that I could invest? Could, could I liquidate this for around about what I paid for it? Yeah. Which I, I, I sold it for around about what I paid for it, but obviously you pay the fee of Krona 24. So yeah, I, I was looking, I was looking at, I, I was looking at my watch box the other day and just sort of, sort of thinking, thinking that sort of thing. I feel like where I'm at, I found some 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 scrappy finds that I got for great prices on eBay, which we will hold off till another podcast. Definitely going to talk about this one. While I think I could get maybe a little more, I could get I could definitely get more than what I paid for them because you know I've, I I did bracelets and I had them I had them. Uh, checked out and replaced the crown on one of them and did some work and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, 
I feel like I don't think I could. I, I it it doesn't feel like I have like tons of money tied up in it, you know. And so, it, whereas if I had if I had something like if I had two Bell and Ross, like if I had a Bell and Ross chronograph, like a twenty twenty or twenty nineteen Bell and Ross chronograph that I paid retail for, for you know thirty eight hundred dollars, then you're like, okay, so that's you know I that's got some money wound up in that, and I have two other chronographs so maybe do i need this all these chronographs so yeah i get it i get it the other thing as well with the tudor was and this is i've had a a real think about what i want to do as a as a watch collector the other thing with the tudor is and i joked about it with the omega when i got it back and it was highly polished is that tudor black bay 58 is gorgeous and Mm -hmm. but you only have to look at the side of it and you scratch it i think (laughs) When I was truthful with myself, I'm like, I need... Because when I walk, I, like, flail my arms around. I'm not, like, super careful with stuff. And I know that about myself. I think as you get older, as I'm I'm coming up to, like, my midlife crisis of 40, I think I'm having to just realise stuff about myself. I am clumsy with stuff. (laughs) Even though I don't want to be, I am clumsy with stuff. So do I want to batter the, the Black Bay 58 when it looks so beautiful? But it is... You worry about, I worry right. about scratching the side of it. I worried about damaging the al- al- aluminium insert in the bezel. So then I thought, right, what watch would I, is, has got the history that I'm, that I like, the, mm-hmm. the romance of a days gone past, has the history, has the pedigree. I can also bash it around and not, uh, and not be too worried about it. Mm-hmm. And also it's around that sweet spot that, um, that thousand dollar mark so Mm -hmm. what i did was i went for there's a beautiful squale watch it's called the famoso or something there's also a different way of talking about it as well long island watches has a different um it's called something different but it's got a beautiful blue dial like a sunburst dial oh yeah i had a uh this is interesting so this this is a this was a watch obsession for me before I did this podcast. I know all about this guy. So this is the other thing that I was, you know, sort of coming to a realization about what type of watch collector I am. Mm-hmm. I love this titanium citizen and I don't really care that it's a citizen. You know, when I was watch collecting maybe a year or so ago, I was like, oh yeah, citizen's cool, but but then I've come at a real appreciation for citizen watches. I think I've got a real appreciation now for Squale. I did own a Squale before, and what I did is I went for uh, the tropic version which mm-hmm. sort of looks a bit like a submariner and i know i did that because tgv was mm-hmm. at the time i was watching a lot of him and he was going on about squale as if it was like or squall mm-hmm. as if it was the greatest watch that had ever been made right, and yeah. that was putting me off and yeah. i don't know i mean i i don't i hardly ever watch any other youtubers now because we're obviously doing this podcast mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing my own channel which is plus we're working from home so you're living in a in a box almost. I was like, look, I forget that TGV goes on about it as if it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread because that was kind of putting me off about it because I was keeping thinking, God, it can't be that good, can it? But I, I have owned a Squale before, so I knew they were good. Yeah. So this one, I was just like, right, I'm going to go with this one. Awesome. I can bash it around. It's got all the history. Yep. Nice. So the Tudor went out today. Hopefully we'll all right. get to its new home. Jardy, Jardy, you already order this? Is this already on its way? It's on its way from... Uh, Gnomon watches, which th- they are great the last time I dealt with them. 
And I'll just say this one thing. If you have $3,000, $3,500 to spend on a watch, that Tudor is like bang on the money. It will, I'm convinced it will go up in value. But then I was sort of playing around with this as well was, well, it would all, my, that money would also go up in value if I put it into investment accounts. Sam, I actually just watched one of your older YouTube videos where you talked about uh, uh, watches and investments. The, the most you can kind of hope for is you kind of get tired of it and, and maybe in two, three years you get what you paid for it. That's great. But what you paid for it was in 2020 money and not 2025 money. Yeah, that was the one where that was the sobering one, wasn't it? Where I talked about Rolex prices in 2010. And if you'd taken that amount of money and put it into Bitcoin at the time, yeah, yeah you would have been a multi, multi millionaire. Yeah, stunned me. Just Amazon. Amazon. Just, yeah, Amazon stock. Just, yeah, exactly. So the 50 Atmos, the Famoso, or yeah, the other name for it, this, the blue dial on this is killer. It's like blue in the center and goes black to the outside. Um, yeah, I'm. I almost. I almost bought this probably a year ago. And the other thing as well, which is nice about this watch, is it's only got a 20 mil lug width. And again, this is one of the things I'm realizing about myself that I just like 20 mil lug width. Yeah, it's smaller than a, an actual Squale, and also mm-hmm. it isn't. It's got that beautiful kind of blue sunburst style. So, so when we get it, we'll we'll get it. And I'll make a video on the Tudor for everyone. There was a couple of things that really annoyed me. Not annoyed me. There's a couple of little niggly things. It didn't have the date. And honestly, I know people say, well, why did you buy it then if you like a watch with a date? And so that was one thing. But the other thing is which truly like annoyed me. And again, guys, call me out on the Facebook group on this all day. (laughs) Is the metal band on it. I mean, that metal bracelet was absolutely taking the piss, that thing. It was, (laughs) I couldn't get it on the metal bracelet to start with. It was only on that Mm -hmm. ridiculous $20 NATO strap that they put on it. I know they say they make it on like a tapestry machine, but it's no better than a crown and buckle. It's no better. And then you go for the, the, and they wouldn't tell me at the time how much the bracelet was. They're like, oh, we've got to ask him. We'll have to get the stock number from, Mm -hmm. I think. And then when they emailed me and said, the because me- it does look it it looks the best on a metal bracelet. I mean, mm-hmm. it also looks awesome on a brown leather strap, but it looks mm-hmm. awesome on its own bracelet. They want eight hundred dollars for that bracelet. I was absolutely staggered that Tudor would do that, and it mm. wasn't just that jeweler. I asked around a few others, and they're like yeah. eight hundred dollars for a metal bracelet. Now, fair enough if you're buying a Rolex, that might seem like a bargain, but on a watch that was three and a half grand, yeah, what's that like a? quarter of the price or something mm-hmm. of the watch is the mm-hmm. bracelet it's ridic- mm-hmm. when in fact it was only a 200 dollar uplift i think to get right. it on the to get the it on bracelet, them, on could. the bracelet yeah that yeah that feels like you ordered the porsche and you forgot to put the colored mirrors package on or whatever the trim package the carbon fiber trim package and the carbon fiber trim package would have added you know, $700, but now you need to buy it from the parts department and it's $2,700 <laughs> is what it feels like. Yeah, it's it's a real stain on that watch, I think, or how I felt about it because that NATO that it comes on, that should have been free with it. That should have been an alternative strap with it, not the only option that you can get the, the watch on. Yeah. So anyway, there was my little uh, round wow, to make a that's, full upload on. We, where we have, that is, we have been on a trip with Sam. All right. Lots to take in there. 
I know my week in watches absolutely. And I think also this might have helped us out because it's been a pretty light watch week, except for the big news today was we're recording this on Wednesday night. So Elon Musk nearly launched his SpaceX shuttle. And were you, did you spot what watch he had on? Sam, it looked like a Speedmaster, but it looked like an old mechanical Speedmaster. I just saw a widescreen shot. But apparently it was, what was it? It was the an X-33? Yeah, and it wasn't the new Skywalker one that's been out for the last, you know, however, okay. what, 10 years? I don't know, but that Skywalker's been out. It was the old school original right. X-33 LCD watch. That's what it looked like, or that's what Hodink is reporting as well. Now, that sort of makes sense now that I'm thinking about it, because uh, it was either Doug or Bob. I don't know, I don't know who was the commander, but... Um, they they took like the one of the they they were on the last shuttle ride so that's probably their nasa issued uh x-33 from you know 20 years ago whatever or eight you know 15 years ago i saw that and i thought oh you know is that the old mechanical like uh, and then did Omega miss an opportunity to make a limited edition SpaceX watch? What is going on? We were laughing about this before, were we? <laughs> Where was their marketing department when they're like, oh, I know. Some, SpaceX, they might have it. Let's, can we not make a limited edition Tesla or a 2001 Space Odyssey? Because that's where they must have got the idea for the um, the spacesuits, which I thought was hilarious. Like Elon Musk, he puts so many Easter eggs in things. He's just, he's great. Yeah, it's. I, I found it interesting that like, they have the special spacesuits all all decked out and like you could see the black the 1960s uh black velcro nasa issued strap on the outside of this this spacesuit from the future and i'm like come on guys you're you guys are missing an opportunity here <laughs> i don't know i get the impression from one of the images that maybe they were like no don't wear a watch because it's like a clean line of the suit and then the guy's like no i'm just i'm strapping this on because he could have easily worn it on the inside and the other guy wasn't wearing a watch or at least on the outside no yeah it was just one of them yeah just one of them so i was like yeah i i it felt like it felt like it broke up the suit i feel like uh you know maybe that was like personal decision but yeah i don't i yeah they they missed opportunity there because they could have um they could have made it out of uh like tesla like spacex like stirred aluminum or something you know it's gonna be like weighs five grams and costs you know sixty five thousand dollars to make the case you know something omega could have come up with something here i've got another strap story but what i think we should do is we'll just pause for a very quick break hey everyone welcome back to casual watch talk so before the break i was talking about another watch strap story i just want to say a big thanks to robert on the facebook group who sent me an iso frame strap over i've always been intrigued by these iso frame straps mm. But they're like $140 for a dive strap. Yeah. And I actually got it yesterday. They do feel quality. I'll do a full review. Have you ever seen one? A real isoframe? Uh, I th- I think, I mean, I've seen them. I don't know if it was a, le- you know, because there's so many like knockoffs of them. I've, you know, I don't know if it was a legit one. I'm, I would expect there to be more QC quality. And you got it in that uh, fun summer orange, like I I love. Pretty good, actually. And what I thought about doing, and I went down another rabbit hole with this as well, so I know we've gone past watch obsessions, but Isofrain, I think they must, I don't know if they originally made them, but I think they bought the Tropic name. So they're the only ones that can truly make Tropic branded watch straps. Right, yeah. 
and I was looking at whether I should do a comparison between the two, but their tropics, when you add it up, postage, etc., like ninety dollars. Yeah, I yeah, I guess it. Yeah, this is one of those things. Well, well, Sam, if you have a thirty-eight hundred dollar watch, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because it's just a matter true. of matter of principle. There again, this is you know, uh, yeah. I think if if I knew it was going to be amazing and it was it was just like the watch just called for a tropic strap and then I knew I was going to be done ninety dollars okay all right I'll do it you know because if I know like it's quality I'm going to get a great product it's exactly what is going to work with my watch and look amazing then yeah but I yeah I would definitely feel sad uh, if I had a $90 watch strap that just kind of sat in the box in my... I think I'm going to have to take one for the team here, aren't I? I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet so that we can, I can <laughs> review it and we all can know whether it is worth $90. And considering Robert kindly sent me over that that ISO frame, I suppose it's not too bad because I can compare the two together. Um, and I've only really paid paid for the Tropic one. At 20 mil, right? 20 or 22? They only 20? do 20. They only do 20 mil one. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. No Seiko, no Seiko Tropic for you. No, no. So for our <laughs> main topic here, Chris has got a really interesting subject and he's, we've not spoke about this before, so it'll be a bit of a, there'll be some guessing games in here. I have been watching Drive to Survive over on Netflix. It's the Formula One. It's not, I guess it's kind of like a documentary, but it's like a, it's like a, what kind of happened during the year? It's a, it's, it's a really interesting way. I'm, I'm not a super F1 fan. I know of F1. I'm a motorsports guy. I'm a rally guy. So I sort of know of, but, uh, it's a, it's a interesting way to present it because it's all the like back stuff. It's all the like, you know, driver drama and team drama behind the scenes stuff. It's a really fascinating way to, to show the sport and they're on to their second season and I'm about halfway through their second season and it has been nothing but pause on the TV for watch spotting for, for this uh, extended binge of drive to survive. It's fascinating. Is that I know F1's, I'm sure it's much bigger in the UK than it is in the US and maybe that's just by the nature. But I remember back, well, quite a few years ago, five or six years ago, there was an American team called Haas Racing, which I think is owned by Haas Oil. Is it mm-hmm. still and, around? Um, yep. They uh, phoned me up and said, we want to start this. I was working for an IT reseller at the time and they were interested. We sold some new emerging technologies servers that hmm. weren't mainstream yet. Everybody was buying Dell and there was these new companies that were popping up, making like hyperconverged servers and things like that. And one of their IT guys rang me and said, oh, we're thinking of getting these hyperconverged servers because it allowed you to get and you you know this better than me, but it allows you to get much better server density in a rack. So mm-hmm. we were like, they were like, well, can you price this up? And we're like, well, okay, which data center do you want it delivered to? And he's like, no, we're putting this on the back of a <laughs> semi-trailer. We're putting this on a tractor trailer. And it, this is our mobile command center for the F1 team. It was amazing. I think they mentioned that Haas trailer. Like they have a, um, they do all the, the flow analysis stuff, all the like, all the part flow, like where they just, they basically, they, they can put something before they ever actually do any wind testing. They take that part in CAD and they put it in the computer and they test it in the wind 
under stress, under load in a thousand different situations, and they need all of that data to add a single part to that car. So that's that's fascinating. So Sam, how many how many luxury watch brands do you think are involved in F1? Such a difficult question, isn't it? Because a lot of them use F1 in their advertising, don't they? So mm-hmm. if I'm thinking of adverts that I've seen, when you say F1, I immediately think of the Schumacher, the Speedmaster Reduced. I'm guessing there's got to be some tag in there because tag was started off as making parts for F1 cars, the technologies that avant-garde. Let's narrow it down and say sponsor F1 currently. I've got a little bit of a cheat here because I know for sure that the Red Bull racing team use Casio edifice watches because I had been into one of the Red Bull offices here in California and they have the nose cone of, I think, Lewis Hamilton's F1 car. So I, I knew that because the, the, you can even buy those edifice watches that has Red Bull on mm-hmm. but Truthfully, yeah. that's the only one that I know that, that sponsors it at the moment. All right. So eight. There are eight right now, and I think last year as well. Luxury watch brands that sponsor number one. We'll get out of we'll get out out right of the out of the way, which is Rolex. Rolex does it right. If you ask me whether I wanted to sponsor a team or not, uh, I would answer that I want to sponsor the championship. The whole <laughs> so thing. Why why sponsor a team when I can sponsor the whole thing? So good for them for. For getting that for getting that cash out so it's there's no particular team with rolex it is f1 is is the official timekeeper right that's cool that rolex they sponsor the entire championship so not a particular team or does their insignia appear on the cars i wonder i don't remember seeing one no no so just on the on the on the track on the on the billboards on the track around the track the bridges etc now peculiar a brand that is completely missing very involved in the olympics omega omega nowhere to be found that's weird isn't it so i wonder that schumacher then they must have just individually sponsored schumacher at the time then maybe i think so yeah yeah i think that was a previous so not saying they hadn't i mean i'm there's a lot of brands that have had relationships in the past with with f1 i'm sure but uh yeah i was i kind of found that interesting of all the of all this list and we'll go through it does that make you feel differently about watch brands based on what they sponsor because Omega obviously do like the Olympics and we obviously have just been talking about the F1 with with Rolex but then Omega also do ones that are like James Bond versions whereas Rolex don't do any particular special F1 edition I mean they don't do any special editions of any of their watches but they don't do like an F1 watch whereas Omega would be all over that wouldn't they there'd be an entire series of yeah it'd be all sorts of fun colors I'm sure um yeah I think it makes you know uh it's it, it kind of interesting like the brand that is associated with the team or the car. So yeah, let's, let's kind of get into that a little bit. So uh, Mercedes IWC and I was, and I mentioned this earlier, I was looking at IWC's lineup and boy, is there some priciness there? I mean, I'm, it's good stuff, but you have to really want a, you know, you have to really want some of their stuff in order to spend that kind of money. I mean, it's it's you're in deep into the five to seven to seven to ten. You know, you're not you're not picking up a chronograph for twelve hundred dollars. That's not happening. And I don't remember them. And this is my ignorance, probably on IWC. But 
we went to a, an event at that IWC store, didn't we? And I don't remember them having a special F1 edition of their or a Mercedes edition of their IWC, do they? I mean, it makes sense because they're, they're sort of Swiss German, aren't they, IWC? And obviously Mercedes very famously German as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. Some of these brands... And that's maybe telling some of these brands just they'll they're just there and they're saying, you know, hey, we're we're here. We're representing. I don't think that there's an actual IWCF one, any sort of special um, watch that they produced. Let me just take a quick check. What not F1, but one of the brands that I think is bang on point is when Hamilton sponsor the air races and then they have a whole range of watches and the planes got all the nice hamilton insignia up the side and they do they yeah do quite a nice tie in and yeah. i know red bull sponsor that as well but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so back to iwc so iwc has uh, a formula one made from pressed carbon fiber that i that i just learned about i don't i don't think that they have to have all the these companies have all the like special edition stuff Unlike the the Casio edifice that you mentioned, I think there's like like six versions of you know there's I looked and there's got to be like at least four or five. Oh, they lean all in that. I mean, I had an edifice that had the track layouts built into the watch. Um, oh which wow, it was a cool feature. But who would ever use that? I mean, I'm glad that I had the Nuremberg ring on the as a as a. Yeah, that's cool. It was loaded into the memory, but I, I don't know. Maybe take my little mini on there one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, set in seven minutes on the Nuremberg. So. Next up, Ferrari. Ferrari. My Italian accent. Oh, is that... I'm going to take a stab at this. Is that Hublot? Hublot. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because they do that Ferrari watch, don't they? It's the engine. Right. Right. So now now you have, like, instead of, like... uh, My German accent won't be good, but uh, instead of having Mercedes, uh, you know, do the... Just, we make carbon fiber, you know, we make a carbon fiber watch that's special, like... Hublot, that, that, yeah, Ferrari Red, Ferrari Watch. I mean, that thing is, they they go all in for that. It's an incredible feat of engineering, that that engine watch. And it has the little uh, winder is the, the gun for taking the wheels off the more replica. Right, that takes that's the right. Off. Yeah, the special wrench, the special wrench is pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely check that, uh, check YouTube for that, because that's, that's a fun, just to see the engineering that went into that. Mercedes, IWC, okay, that kind of makes sense. Uh, Ferrari, Hublot, okay, you know, super, super high end, right? Red Bull, Red Bull's main team is currently Tag Heuer. Oh, really? Yeah, so now Tag is a brand where you can maybe get a chronograph for, you know, $2,200. Twenty five hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's. I think it's much more approachable price. I don't know. I uh, I saw the team uh, director walking around with that uh, Octavia with yes. the twelve hour bezel. That vintage. Oh, it looks it looks good. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh. And it's the uh, I guess a reverse. But it's the black with the white subdials. It's striking on a like a leather band. Yeah, it looks that great. Just not that dissimilar than that um, Montreal that I reviewed on the channel. It takes a lot of inspiration from that Montreal, the mm-hmm. Hoyer Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's got Hoyer on the Hoyer nicely on the dial as well. It they they omitted tag from that one, which I like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got McLaren, and uh, the the first appearance of uh, Richard Mill. Interesting, because 
I think the original owners of McLaren didn't they go on to the original? I forget the name of the guy, but I don't know whether he actually was one of the founders of McLaren. Was the guy who bought Hoyer? Oh, that's weird. Huh? Interesting. Side side note. Um, so uh, Richard Mill, high horology, beyond even I'd say Hublot. It's definitely the new money watch. And you see these on like the 18-year-olds driving F1 cars. And you're like, what is that? Or the NFL players, they get fined. Right. Yeah, definitely new money brand. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because if you were a fan of McLaren, I mean, the Richard Mille is, is completely unattainable for most people, isn't it, as a watch? It's not like you could stretch to a tag. You certainly could buy a Ca- Casio edifice. You could argue that Hublot maybe, but Richard Mille's just set. I mean... They're like a hundred grand upwards, aren't they? Right, right. Yeah, the barrier to entry there is like automatically you have to not worry about the average salary of someone in the United States on my wrist. <laughs> so it's already into that, you know, territory. All right. So fan favorite number five. And by the way, I'm doing them in uh, order that they finished in 2019. So if anyone's keeping track of F1 at home, uh, number five. Uh, Renault, it's uh, French. Any guesses? Not Yema. No. French. Uh, French French company fa- founded in Switzerland, built by Germans. Kick myself, aren't I now? Bell & Ross. Oh, nice. Now, Bell & Ross has a line of their X series. They did a number of limited edition uh, chronograph sort of based in the style that were no colors the yellow the you know carbon fiber yellow they made it look like the steering wheel so it's got not not too funky but like all the unique colors around the dial things like that uh they've done i think four or five now and i think only in 2019 they came out with uh what i would say is more of a like a reasonable so they took their uh, vintage case chronograph not the square and they did a nice it's got a carbon fiber dial in it and and it's you know Renault and it's and it's well done it looks like a racing watch it's it's pretty well done it's definitely less over the top than their X you know where it's like a uh, skeletonized carbon case with you know every technology possible and, you know, getting close to that, getting close to the Hublot and the Richard Mill. But, but uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that is a cool one. So number six is uh, Toro Rosso Honda, which is the Casio edifice that you mentioned. Toro Rosso, oh, Red so Bull. So they're not, they're not um, Red Bull racing anymore. Well, so that's their second. Yeah, so they're the, the, the B team, the second, the second team. So Scuderia, okay, So Honda Toro have it Rosso. as well then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they did a and they did a special edition. I think they did a thing with Honda as well. Yeah. That's interesting and affordable if you like that team, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Number seven, uh, Racing Point BWT Mercedes. That hot pink, that bubblegum pink car that you see in F one. No watch sponsor will touch it. <laughs> no one's not even no, no currently not sponsored right so yeah maybe a swatch wants to get on on that the uh get the get that's omegas in we'll get the swatch group in on the uh pink bwt mercedes number eight the alfa romeo team also with 
Hublot. Uh, seems like that's with Ferrari. So both of those uh, Ferrari teams uh, stuck with Hublot, whereas, like you said, Red Bull kind of switched it up with two different... And I, and I feel like there's sort of options there where you're like the lesser team or maybe like an F2 team where you would might... Maybe we don't all have Richard Mill money. Yes, and I can't think of... Could you think of an appropriate Italian watch brand that could sponsor like Alpha? Panerai. Oh, of course. And that would be a good one, wouldn't it, as well? Right, that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Although, Dive Watch is not racing chronographs, so I don't know if they'd... But that, I guess, I mean, but that, you know, but does that matter? Hublot, well, Hublot Richard Mille, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, plenty of, uh, yeah, plenty of three-hand watch manufacturers are in, in this list. So another interesting one, Haas, Ferrari, is running the Haas team, which had a energy drink sponsor for half the season in 2020, but or 2019, excuse me, but uh, also going with uh, Richard Mill. So more 19-year-olds walking around with $75,000 watches on there. I don't know if you know this, but is Haas still the only completely American team that's in F1? I believe so. I believe so. And uh, I just saw there's a, oh, there was a great, there's a good video on YouTube about the Haas NASCAR uh, machine shop, and they apparently share the building with the Haas F1 team, but like their strategy as a, as an owner, there's, you know, his, his strategy is to basically make a factory that just puts out winning cars. But it was interesting that the NASCAR side of the building and the F1 side of the building, like do not share anything. Like you can't, like they don't, (laughs) there's like, it is like Imperial and metric. There is no, I'm sure they'll share the wind tunnel, but like as far as the machinery is concerned, like it seemed like they had a, almost a duplicate duplication of efforts um, for, from that team. So interesting team. Yeah, American team, I think North Carolina. And then finally, a team that used to win a lot, but now doesn't, uh, that would be Williams. Williams Mercedes um. with scoring no points. Oris. I feel bad for Oris here because I think I could do better. I mean, they used to be a great team, didn't they? I mean, Oris as well is as a complete. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oris is a complete side thing of doing something awesome for COVID nineteen. They're actually auctioning off one of their Oris Aquis divers. They made a special edition for the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK. So they're auctioning that off on the 9th of June. So oh, that's great. On that, but yeah. But back yeah. to Oris. I mean, they again. A, a traditionally a pilot watch and dive watch brand you would say i'm sure i would have seen a williams limited edition watch i I don't think so yeah i don't think so f1 let's look they've got yeah so they have the oris williams f1 it's not branded and probably because f1 branding costs i'm sure like (laughs) i'm sure there's money that has to put that logo on anything it's going to cost money but uh but yeah no no logos on it or anything but like a a clean black chronograph looks like ceramic tachymeter uh two subdials. it's a very sporty looking chronograph but uh no nothing too much to speak what of what i'm surprised with is that we haven't seen breitling in there because they have the bentley limited editions don't they i mean i know bentley's a racing team but right yeah more car right yeah 
certainly certainly some more uh, car connections there. So yeah, I found uh, found that pretty interesting, and uh, lots of uh, lots of sort of pause on the screen and and seeing what's what. It, it, uh, it surprised me. Casio surprised me. Uh, Tag uh, surprised me. I'm now on the hunt for a used Tag Octavia. That'll that'll put that on the list <laughs> as watch obsession 2021 continues. Yeah, I'm not a huge Tag fan, but there's definitely something about that. They've done a phenomenal job of of that. So it's fun, you know, like I said, doing, staying, staying in, staying safe, uh, binge watching some, some stuff, checking out some watches. So hope everybody uh, does the same. Yeah, that was, I absolutely found that fascinating. And let us know what you think over on the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group. Send us a, a invite request and we'll add you as a member. As always, we really appreciate you listening. And Chris and I will see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.